Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, January 25th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Mercedes shares with us details of her conversation with Premier Jason Kenney about the challenges his leadership is facing and the latest on Canada's response to the ongoing situation between Ukraine and Russia. COVID-19 restrictions are being lifted in the UK this week as health officials have stated that the Omicron variant of the virus has peaked. We get an update on how citizens are reacting to the reopening with Kenny James, UK broadcaster and business owner. Next, the right to protest is important for democracy, but there's a right and a wrong way to voice your opposition. We speak with Calgary Skyview MP George Chahal about the demonstration that took place in front of his home last weekend. And finally, Techies Unite. It's our weekly segment with the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. Mike brings us the latest and greatest in the world of tech, including some interesting news about how Canadian athletes will be communicating with the outside world while competing at the Beijing Olympics next month. And from the challenges Premier Jason Kenney's leadership is facing to Canada's response to Russian aggression at the Ukrainian border, lots to cover this week as we check in with Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. How are you, Sue? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You know, you had our premier on the hot seat this past weekend speaking with Jason Kenney. Let's start with that. Kenney facing a leadership review this spring. How how did you did you get the impression he was feeling pretty confident heading towards that day? He seems to be, um, and it'll be interesting to find out if that that confidence is well-placed. As we know, he has had a a tremendous amount of difficulty during his time as Premier, which was kind of interesting for me to watch as someone who saw him as a federal politician. Mm -hmm. Um, He did not have the same issues federally. There's certainly controversies, um, but nothing like what he's faced provincially. And on the show, I did ask him, what number he thinks he needs to get to feel good in a leadership review about staying on as the leader? Because you can get the minimum, you know, you could get 50%, but you to get over 50%, or do you want to get like 70 or 80? So while he seemed very confident, I thought it was interesting that he wouldn't tell me what percentage he thought he needed to get to feel good about it. Um, I think that is possibly an indicator that he doesn't want to be setting the bar too high and then not be able to achieve that. I don't know. Um, but I, I had seen sort of some leaks that his staff had maybe been saying at least 60% or above 60%, but the Premier uh, wouldn't go there when he was asked. And of course, now with this whole uh, Casey Madu imbroglio, um, he is embroiled yet again in another high-profile controversy. And you actually asked him about the Casey Madu, our Justice Minister here, and that controversy surrounding the police ticket that he approached the Edmonton Police Chief about. Um, it, he had knowledge of it. What, what did he say when you asked him about it? He told me he knew about the ticket, but he did not tell me he knew about the phone call. Um, and I think it's important for your listeners to know, too, because we've got a lot of questions about this. Don Braid at the Calgary Herald uh, was a great journalist, had this big scoop um, on the weekend that Kenny's staff actually knew about the call because Kenny was telling us he, he didn't know. Um, it, the suggestion still wasn't that... Kenny knew, but of course, like with any scandal, every time you find out more and more people around a politician knew about something, it raises questions about what the politician knew. And more than that, it raises questions as well about why senior staff 
didn't tell a politician there was a liability. And if you talk to political staff, they'll often tell you this is the whole uh, plausible deniability. Don't tell the principal certain things if you don't want them to ever get trapped. So Jason Kenney says he didn't know. That still stands in terms of the Don Braid scoop. But unfortunately, we had Premier Kenney on Friday, so we weren't able to ask him about the fact that his staff knew about the phone call, not just the ticket. Uh, and, you know, do they think that does he think he, he should have been told about that? Um, but it seems like, you know, there's more and more developments. He says that he will not uh, fire Casey Madu. He will not kick him out of caucus. He is waiting for an independent investigation to come out as to whether or not any lines were crossed. Um, and of course, the, the context here is that Casey Madu says that he was looking into this because he believed that there was potentially racial profiling, not that he was trying to have the ticket dropped. Anytime you have a justice minister calling a chief of police about a personal matter before it's been settled, um, you are putting yourself in a position where you could very well face, as we are seeing, tremendous criticism and controversy at best, uh, at worst for a lot. That would be enough to have them kicked out of caucus, not caucus necessarily, but out of cabinet. Exactly. To all of that. And, and you know, Kenny's facing a lot of heat for not removing him for all of those multiple reasons. So you, you did ask him... Was there any scenario where, you know, it's acceptable for a justice minister to talk to somebody in the police force, particularly the chief about this matter? I mean, did he have any explanation for that? I mean, not really. He kind of said that this was um, this was about uh, or he understood this was concerns about racial profiling, that Casey Madu had paid the ticket um, or would go on to pay the ticket that he wasn't trying to have it removed, and therefore, you know, it didn't cross a line the same way. But when you're the justice minister, anytime you call a chief of police yeah. and you don't have some sort of an intermediary there or someone to, you know, deal with it, that that becomes a real issue. And I don't want to minimize the concerns about racial profiling and policing. Those are legitimate, which makes this kind of a tough issue. Um, but Man, anytime you have a justice minister putting calls in to anybody anywhere in the justice system, whether it's a judge or a prosecutor uh, or a police officer, you start to run into very serious potential for conflict of interest very quickly. You also had the chance to speak with uh, 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 to the Russia uh, incident that's going on, Russia and Ukraine, the aggression and uh, speak with Defense Minister Anita Anand. What is Canada prepared to do, and, and where are we at should this conflict escalate further? So I can give you a little update on that from what we had on Sunday. We had uh, an exclusive yesterday in our newscast that we broke out of Ottawa in terms of what Canada is looking at. Um, the federal cabinet, Justin Trudeau and all his ministers, are at a virtual retreat right now. One of the things that they are looking at, which Minister Anand um, alluded to in her interview, but she wouldn't give any specifics on what really the government was considering beyond an extension to Operation Unifier, the training mission in Ukraine, um, they're looking at sending weapons. It's not a lot of weapons. Um, we're talking closer to the hundreds and the thousands, and it's all small arms. Um, so on the list that I, I've been told about by sources, there are things like pistols, machine guns, sniper rifles, uh, regular military rifles, and ammunition and optical sights that would go with all of those. Um, so you're not talking about a, a huge amount here, and you're not talking about um, big anti-tank weapons. There, there is a Carl Gustav that could make it onto the list. That's called a recoilless rifle. Um, it can be used against armor. It would not be particularly effective against Russian tanks, I'm told by sources, but it could deal with other Russian vehicles and be used to attack them. 
them. So the cabinet hasn't made a decision about that, but I can tell you the Canadian military is actually moving those stocks into place in anticipation of this being approved. Uh, and a senior national security source who I spoke to told me that they think it is very likely um, that the cabinet will sign off on this. Of course, the UK and the US have done similar things. Realistically, in terms of the Ukrainians' ability to fight, the Canadian contribution is nowhere near making or breaking it, but it's another way to show support. Meanwhile, back here in Canada, um, I don't know if you saw the story yesterday, but it was, that was ours too. Um, we're getting hit by a pretty significant cyber attack yeah. uh, at Global Affairs, and the experts I spoke to in the government who deal with this kind of national security stuff told me they believe Russia is behind it and it's retaliation and it likely will not be the first or last time that Canada sees a cyber attack in retaliation for supporting Ukraine. Why are we getting picked on? Canada getting picked on in in this when the U.S. (laughs) is sort of front and center in terms of the the allies that are joining forces against Russia in this? And then China, you know, blaming us for the envelope of COVID that was sent to to that country from Canada. So they say, I mean, why are we facing kind of that that criticism these days? Well, I mean... I think the Russians will go after more countries. It won't just be us. And and sometimes, like the Canadians didn't publicly release this, Um, it's possible there's other attacks happening we don't know about. But the thing with Canada that makes us vulnerable is we're kind of a lot like the Americans, but we're not the Americans. So you can do things to Canada sometimes um, that you might not get away with the same way with America. That said, I mean, this was an attack on our foreign service department's computers, essentially. Uh, It was not an attack on our critical infrastructure, like a pipeline or a power grid. That might elicit a much stronger response. So it was more of kind of um, a provocation and a we know what you're doing and we don't like it message, according to the people I talked to, that inconvenienced foreign affairs and made some of their work stop, but it didn't potentially jeopardize Canadian lives. There is real concern in Europe that some European countries could face that and that Ukraine certainly could face that. And those outages could go after things like hospitals, power grids in the winter, um, things that could have a really serious consequence beyond not being able to do your work. Mercedes, thanks for your time this week. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Restrictions surrounding COVID-19 in the UK are being lifted this week as health officials have stated that the Omicron variant of the virus has peaked. To discuss the current state of COVID in the region, we are joined once again by Kenny James, a UK broadcaster and business owner who's contributed to the program over the past, well, two years basically. Good morning to you, Kenny. Morning, Andrew. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. Let's uh, talk about when these restrictions are expected to be lifted and, and how extensive this uh, quote-unquote lift is going to be, Kenny. Well, as you know, there have been a range of different restrictions over here, Andrew, in the past first 12 months. Um, the most recent one with the, the Omni version of the virus, uh, meant people wearing masks again in shops and things of that nature, restrictions in, in nightclubs and, and sporting venues being uh, having their numbers restricted again, brought down in terms of how many people can go to various venues. Uh, those things have been lifted. Uh, still advising people to wear masks in shops and going out uh, and on trains and public transport. But outside of that, mask wearing effectively lifted in the UK. Can you, can you give us a bit of an idea of current number of cases in the region right now, where we're sitting? 
Hi, Sue. Um, what, one in every 10 deaths in the UK has now been attributed to COVID, uh, 154,000 in the past year or so. But the infection rate falling across the UK as a whole. Uh, in January, only over 70% of our population here fully vaccinated. That's the two jabs and the booster. 137 million doses now been given in the UK. Uh, last week in England, statistics showed that one in 20 people had coronavirus, just short of 3 million people in the UK. One in 20. Okay. Well, let's talk about the impact on health care. And I know that that's our greatest concern here in Canada is the impact of these health care facilities, ICU units, and just being overwhelmed. Health care system, how is it doing over there right now? Well, Andy, that's been the main concern uh, right through the COVID thing. As you know, the hospitals and, and, and healthcare facilities were in danger of being uh, overwhelmed, which is why the first lockdown came in the UK uh, last year and, and late the year before. Not been as bad this time as previously thought, and the concerns were that we were going to get uh, heavily inundated in our medical facilities. But the omnivirus uh, seems to be slightly less, whereas it's easier to spread, the effects are slightly less than the previous Delta variant of it. So not been as bad as people thought, although some uh, areas in the UK did put a red alert out a couple of weeks ago just saying to people, look, we're getting towards our stress points. Kenny, you mentioned just a second ago about the the mask mandates effectively being lifted. So what are you hearing from from people, your businesses or your listeners at the radio station? Are people feeling good about it or are they still feeling a little, they're just not sure and maybe wearing the mask anyway? There's a mix, I think, Sue. I think some people will wear a mask going forward for the foreseeable future. Other people are just really glad to have it off and not have to wear it in places. And places where they do have to wear it, as soon as they get out of the doorway of a shop, desperate to drag it off and get some fresh air and how are the businesses taking this kenny because i know it's been it's been like on again off again for for so long our business owners you know resolved that this is this is it or you have uh, some business owners even like yourself who have trepidation that you might see more restrictions down the line we're open-minded and we think that there's likely to be more variants in fact, there's no question. People uh, in the UK, uh, business, businesses had a, a real uh, tough December because in December the warnings were be very careful what you do and, and people didn't want to risk anything that would stop them seeing their family at Christmas. So December in, in many businesses, in, in my hospitality business, we were 75% down uh, in December. Uh, retail's been hit hard in December and, and uh, into January. More people shopping online because they've been asked to work from home when they can. We're not sure what's going to happen next. All you can do really is, is keep your chin up and keep being positive and going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, this news came out, uh, I guess, late yesterday by the looks of it, but uh, Britain dropping COVID-19 testing requirements for fully vaxxed travellers. So that must be a big deal for people who want to get out and start travelling again. Yeah, the travel industry, Sue, has been particularly badly hit uh, in the UK and, and worldwide, in Canada, I guess, too. Uh, restrictions being eased again for people from uh, 11th of February over here. So fully vaccinated passengers arriving in the UK won't have to take a test when they get here. Uh, fully vaccinated means the two jabs and a booster. Uh, if you haven't had both jabs, you'll still need to have proof of a negative COVID test within two days of travel and then take a peek. PCR test when you arrive here. The government's saying basically it wants to simplify the rules for travellers because it's been so complicated travelling from certain countries to the UK. The rules were different, but for now they want to keep it the same for wherever you're travelling from. And of course, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, uh, who has been, you know, front row and centre during the past couple of years uh, during the pandemic, now making headlines perhaps for, for kind of a do as I say, not as I do attitude. Can you break this story down for us, Kenny? 
Uh, well, it's the big, been the biggest news, Andy, on COVID in the UK in the past four or six weeks. Uh, the stories of various parties at the Prime Minister Boris Johnson's home, 10 Downing Street. Uh, numerous stories and pictures, I have to say, and videos of alleged events at Downing Street last summer when the UK was effectively locked down. Uh, in fact, just this morning, the head of Scotland Yard in the UK said the Metropolitan Police, which is the big London police force, is now looking into the stories about the alleged breaches and maybe um, there could be possibly some uh, charges forthcoming. He's been pretty apologetic, but do you think, I mean, is there any possibility he may step down because of what's being done or what's being said and, and the allegations against him and what he seems to admit fully happened? It's been, Sue, uh, a rather uncomfortable few weeks for Boris Johnson over here. There's talk of a leadership challenge within his own party that could see him being ousted as leader. Uh, they need a certain number of, of letters being put in, uh, and they're put in, of course, with no names attached initially, uh, to the, the leader of, of the, the Tory party. And if they get more than a certain percentage, I think it's 56 letters, then uh, a leadership challenge would follow. That one's going to run and run. And, of course, the, uh, there's also an inquiry ongoing at the moment into the alleged Downing Street parties by a senior civil servant called Sue Gray over here. And that's due in the next week or so. So lots of people anxiously awaiting the results of that one. Mm. What about if you can give us a bit of an update just a little off the COVID track, and that is supply chain issues. We're still seeing some issues here in Canada. How about the UK? Are all the products that are necessities showing up? The shelves were, early December, and they were, were, were quite bare in places in some of the shops, and that was being uh, sort of divided out blame-wise between COVID and Brexit. So people were blaming Brexit in terms of it's slower to get stuff into the UK, the paperwork is more onerous than, than, than was previously. But uh, no, the shelves now seem to be fairly well stocked wherever you go into a supermarket, but prices are starting to creep up. Well, we've been watching what's happening in the UK. You guys are a few steps ahead of us, so it's nice to see and hear that restrictions are being lifted and things are starting to get a little bit more back to normal. Thank you so much for the update, Kenny. Always love chatting with you. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Kenny James, UK broadcaster and business owner. You know, I, I would think you'd be dancing in the streets. Kenny doesn't sound like that at this point. <laughs> I don't know if Kenny ever sounds like, you know, That's he's a good point. on fire. He's just the nicest guy, and he's got all the information that we ever ask of him. Yeah, and he's, a, you know, not only is, is he a broadcaster, but he also, you know, runs a business. So he runs like a, a, a kind of a... I was not going to say an Airbnb. Like what, a hotel. Yeah, a hotel. Sort of. What, bed and breakfast yes, type of, yeah. you know, and they sell maybe he's, maybe he's kind of cautiously optimistic, yeah. right? I mean, you don't want to get too excited because we've seen what can happen. And and that that's what it is. We're open. Oh, wait, wait, Are wait, we? implement. Because nobody has the answers. But at this point, moving in the right direction. And as you alluded to, Sue, we have to look at those areas that, you know, had Omicron come into town, you know, to use a phrase, um, way earlier than us mm-hmm. and what's what's coming our way. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can well, you know, watch and cross our fingers. We're hearing that it's peaked here. And, of course, the positivity rate, we could go is like 41% now at about 38%. Bring it on. We've seen it at every level of government, protests in front of the homes of our public servants. On Sunday, protesters demonstrated in front of the home of Calgary Skyview MP George Chahal in protest of COVID restrictions and mandates. Mr. Chahal joins us now. Good morning to you, sir. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. 
Good morning. Thank you for having me. Your thoughts? I know it must have been scary for anybody. I can't even imagine having a group of people yelling out in front of my house, but I'm sure you agree. People have the right to protest, but uh, would you say this is a line that has been crossed now, not just for you, but in front of other politicians' homes of late? Yeah, definitely. I mean, people do have the right to protest, and we have uh, many places where one can do so. Um, Olympic Plaza, City Hall. I mean, I've over my years, I've seen a number of protests there, and I've been a part of and witnessed uh, many of them. Um, but in front of one's home, like uh, was done at mine on the weekend, uh, which threatened uh, my family. Uh, my wife and girls felt scared and threatened in their home, and that's concerning um, to me. Um, this type of um, protests aren't uh, protests. They're targeting and threatening communities and families. And uh, my family on this last weekend uh, was another one of them. Can you set the scene for us as far as what you saw when you look out the window on what was going on? I understand there was somewhat of a, a family celebration happening at the time. Is that correct? Yeah, it was my wife's birthday. Um, we're going to celebrate my wife's birthday. And we heard a big ruckus outside of people chanting, yelling, and my kids looked out the window, and uh, my youngest one got scared, um, seeing folks with masks and signs. And, um, and uh, for her, uh, you know, I heard a lot of noise, and, and, you know, we just had a conversation about what it was about and why they were there. And I know my neighbors had called me and messaged me, um, and they had called the police. Um, but it was concerning because of um, the number of people um, and I believe they're, you know, anti-vaccine and anti-mask mandates. And many of them were wearing masks um, and they weren't, uh, they're hiding their identities. But, you know, and they were, they were being aggressive in um, their tone as well. And I think it was uh, scary for my kids um, and for my wife. And it ruined uh, our Sunday and family time celebrating my wife's birthday. What do we need to do to better protect our civil servants from this kind of intimidation? Should there be some sort of federal legislation against protests in front of private residences, do you think? Well, I think, you know, it's people do have the right to protest and, you know, they can do so in those public places that are set set up in our city. Um, and or, you know, I mean, even if it was out at the constituency office, um, you know, that, that would be fine that they'd be disrupting people in a business park. But, you know, it's really concerning at one's home um, where people are protesting and disturbing um, and threatening me and my family, but also disturbing my community and my neighbors. I mean, they don't deserve that either. Blocking off the road and um, um, shouting and yelling and screaming. Uh, The other concerning thing is, you know, there's been a number of messages left uh, on my property, um, which my wife has found over the last number of days and suspicious activity that's been occurring. And uh, that's concerning with those type of messages and um, that, that have been sent to us as well, uh, going through my recycling and garbage. Um, and so, you know, my, my family is on definitely high alert uh, and concerned. And I'm just worried that my kids don't feel comfortable walking the dog or playing at the park with their kids or just playing outside in the front. Mr. Charles, can you tell us how the thing, uh, the whole incident concluded, uh, you know, uh, with the protest? How were they dispersed, and, and what did the police tell you uh, when you contacted them? Well, um, I believe my neighbor called the police, and I haven't had spoken with um, the Calgary Police Service um, or the authorities, and they dispersed on their own after some time um, uh, of being out there. And, uh, and I want to thank my neighbor for doing that. 
Um, but, you know, it's they just left on their own after uh, they found that there was no willing participants to engage in um, their radicalized ideas and, uh, and, and targeting me and my family. Um, what's concerning for me is uh, the level of these protests and, um, you know, the messaging they're sending, the disinformation, um, the personal attacks, and how did they find out where I live and, uh, you know, how and how long have they been monitoring me, knowing whether I'd be coming or going? I mean, I just a few minutes prior to them arriving had uh, arrived home from bringing my daughter from soccer practice. Uh, my wife and kids had just come in from walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we had an encounter with them publicly on the street, what could have happened? Um, who could have been harmed? I mean, could it have been me? Could it have been something else? Um, that's what's concerning to me. Um, where could have this gone to? And the health and safety of of me and my family is, uh, is for me, my top concern. Should be concerning for all of us. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. George Chahal, Member of Parliament for Calgary Skyview. It's time to get a little nerdy and talk tech. It is Tech Tuesday and gadget guy Mike Yanni is here geeking out with us as we typically do every second Tuesday, jumping headfirst into the world of tech and helping us to keep up with our tech savvy teens and uh, those in our world. Good morning to you, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. My pleasure. Lots to talk about. I want to talk about Wordle, you guys. I don't know if you play Wordle, but first, I want to talk about the Olympics. They're, what, a week and a half away? They're pretty close. Yeah, and authorities are saying to Canadian athletes and American athletes not to bring their personal phones. Now, is that, Mike, because we've heard that, you know, the athletes were told they had to download a a Chinese-built app onto their phones. Is that why? Well, that is part of it. The whole concern is, of course, over surveillance. And, of course, China has a record of, you know, surveillance on not only uh, visitors, but, you know, tourists. And the concern is that uh, China will be able to not only snoop through their phones, but actually install spyware on their phones. So when the Canadian athletes return home, well, they can still snoop on what's going on in communications. Uh, and this has happened in the past. This has happened where tourists uh, coming back from China within the last couple of years have found spyware on their phone uh, and linked to the, the Chinese government. Uh, so they're saying use burner phones only, don't bring personal devices. All right, that is very interesting. <laughs> you know, you're you're packing your water bottle and a burner phone. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, let's talk about the hottest trend in 2022. We're only a few weeks into it. It's Wordle. Okay, so you know, you got some Wordle worries for us. Do you guys play this game? I have, yeah. I have, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be addicted to it. You, Andy? I've stayed away from it yeah. because I'm afraid. <laughs> it's fun. It's it a is. lot of fun. If you don't know what it is, you've probably seen it on your social feeds, not even knowing what it is. Uh, it comes across as a grid with green and yellow blocks. Well, it's all based on this online game called Wordle. The idea is you have to guess a five-letter word, and you only have six chances to guess it. The, the answer is the same for everybody. So no matter who's playing around the world, it's one game per day, same answer, and it gets a little frustrating sometimes when people post their Wordle scores online. Like, do I really need to know what everyone's score is? And somebody took it a step further, so they created a bot on Twitter that as soon as you post your Twitter score, it releases tomorrow's answer and replies to you with tomorrow's answer. So it ruins the game oh. for you. So you might not want to post that, that uh, Wordle score online. That being said, Twitter did discover this last night, and they shut it down. But they admit that there's nothing from stopping 20 other bots <laughs> from showing up and ruining Wordle for everybody. There's always the spoiler in the bunch, isn't there? Right? 
Hey, let's talk. Uh, I want to talk about uh, your YouTube channel, Mike. I know you've got always great information that we get to share with our listeners, um, and you put up regular YouTube videos. So you've got a new one that's up. Tell us about this one. We did. If you're looking for a new e-reader, I mean, e-readers are pretty popular. Kindle's got a brand new one called The Signature. So I just posted a review uh, online for that one uh, and lots of videos coming over the next couple of weeks. So if you want to check it out, it's Gadget Guy Mike Yanni. Search for it on YouTube. Wow. Okay, we will do that and we'll catch up in the next couple of weeks. Always with your finger on the pulse of those things we need to know about and, and to waste time, like in, <laughs> in the case of Wordle, for example. And thanks so much, Mike. Always a pleasure. Is Mike Yanni known as the Gadget Guy? You can find him online at Gadget Guy Mike. And of course, on YouTube, search Gadget Guy Mike Yanni. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5.30 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.